Thanks for listening to the uh, AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, uh, America's number one sports betting app. All right. I'm Mike Luke, joined by John Schuster. Um, everybody hop in here. We've already got about 60 comments hopping in here. So, all right. So I was at day an establishment watching the game, and the first question by a bunch of uh, a lot of people was, is Jaden Delora really our quarterback? And I came away from this game saying, Jaden Delora is the least of my worries. Um, I'm more concerned about the defense, John Schuster. Well, it's not hard to argue that. Uh, working in reverse engineering this a little bit for the folks who approached you uh, at Tap and Bottle uh, downtown this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delora was bad in the fourth quarter. No uh, doubt, hundred percent. He was he, and that's an experience thing that uh, he needs to grow through. And there, and there's an understanding that in the college game, as opposed to the pro game, you have a lot more possessions and a lot more opportunities to get back into football games uh, quicker. There were opportunities even in the fourth quarter because California decided to try to run clock as opposed to running its offense, uh, which gave Arizona kind of a predictability component on defense. That was the only way that they were going to stop California uh, or pretend to stop Cal today. But what happens in those situations is that the young quarterback decided he wanted to be Aaron Judge and he should have been Wade Boggs. You know, you've got you've got checkdowns in front of you on a fairly regular basis. You can move the change. You can get down the field fairly quickly. Give yourself an opportunity to score and try to hope that the defense can three and out the other way to get me, you back can in. I interrupt you? Sure. Can I course. interrupt you real quick, Shu? Because so I'm, I'm watching the game with a bunch of people at a bar. Was it that obvious just watching it from your place that it felt like you had a lot of easy plays that you were just kind of neglecting? Was it was it that glaring to just watching it from your spot? Yes, that was my interpretation as well. Okay. That there, there, there was a lot of all or nothing in Dolores' game today, especially as the game progressed and it seemed like things weren't as flowing as well on the offensive end as they were in the second half as they were in the first half. In the right. first half, it's hard to argue what Arizona did offensively. They were uh, very good. Frankly, the frustration, I think, to a large degree in that regard. I don't know. The way I was watching that game, it felt like Arizona was up 17 and Cal was right in, and that was probably a concern. Right. Arizona felt like it was the better team in the first half and was going to maybe be able to make the adjustments necessary to extend things. And 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 instead, it completely flipped, and to Cal's credit, uh, they were really good in the last uh, 30 minutes. And, and one of the things I think they did well was frustrate Delora enough to where instead of, you, you know, it he didn't see the field in front of him and he saw the end zone instead. And when he wasn't, when Cal kind of contained him a little bit, as far as the running game was concerned, he didn't take what was there, which I think is the strength of his game so far. And when he got away from that and tried to go deep, those are less percentage uh, passes. And obviously in the fourth quarter, he threw uh, two interceptions could have had another interception, which was right. an interesting call that maybe much later in the broadcast we can get to in the third quarter uh, where the next play, he turned it over uh, in a scramble situation. Uh, so, so in the second half and certainly in the fourth quarter, Delora really struggled, but generally speaking, I think you can see the talent that he has. And hopefully there's an understanding that this is a, this is again, and Cal showed this today. This is a long-term investment, and it could be a long-term investment season for Arizona now, too, because this loss makes things a lot more difficult for for Arizona to try to find the Ws that they need on the schedule to make the significant leap that I think we hoped 
they could to get ahead of where we want them to be. Let me ask, let me ask you this shoe. And I, um, first of all, I am thrilled with where Arizona is vis-a-vis where we were at this point last year. If you were to ask me, would you take two and two at this point with what I've seen? Yes. I would take that every single day of the week. Uh, G rod, my guy who, who showed up right there and he said, we were exposed by a NDSU. They've given the rest of the pack a way to attack us. We need to figure it out. Totally agree with that. G Rod um, doesn't need to apologize for that. That's exactly right. No, I mean, because if, if you're Cal, first of all, Cal's got one thing, I, and we talked about this a little bit on the pregame or on a um, one of the podcasts. Cal has a unique. Cal has pretty good skill position players. They have pretty good guys that when they have the ball in their hands, they can get downhill. And North Dakota State certainly showed that, you know what, this is what you do. This is how you attack Arizona. And it's going to be up to Arizona at this point to be able to uh, counteract that. Because right now the blueprint is you go right at Arizona. They're light up front. You go right at Arizona. And shoot, to your credit, I got to give you a lot of credit in the postgame show. You you talked uh, last week about I'm far from sold on the D-line. Like, you know, you said, I, I appreciate that they're getting into the backfield, but I'm far from sold on the D-line. And today, between the D-line and the linebackers, they got beat up. Yeah, they uh, gave up 300 yards on the ground. You ain't going to win a lot of games with that. Uh, and and it puts you in a lot of difficult positions. And if teams and, – and it's one of those things, Mike, in the, in the growing curve, and this shouldn't be a surprise at all, it's pretty cl- clear that the last thing that you can fix fastest happens in the trenches. And right. Arizona, I think, is solid enough, generally speaking, on the offensive line and just woefully behind the curve as far as uh, the defensive line is concerned. But Correct. the reality is that that's, that's most of college football. And I think Cal's the same way, too. And what you see in these sorts of games when you aren't good up front is that you get a lot of ebb and flow taking places, and you have an opportunity to give quarterback time, quarterbacks time in the pocket. And when they have that time in the pocket, then they can make plays. Delora is good enough to make plays in those situations for Arizona. And the reality is that against Arizona, competent quarterbacks, of which Arizona is going to see a lot throughout the remainder of the season, are, are able to uh, put together big plays as well. So, yes, Arizona's defense, and especially its front line, is obviously a problem. I'm not sure it's a problem that gets rectified this year, but it's yeah. pretty it's pretty clear that that's got to be the priority as far as uh, their recruiting focus goes uh, as this thing moves ahead. Well, to, and see, that's something too. I think I think he hit the nail on the head. I don't know that this is something that's going to be necessarily rectified. Like I've always felt that you can rectify certain things during the season, but when a team's just beating you up incessantly in the middle down the field, that's something that's pretty hard to just be able to say, you know, like uh, we can fix, we can fix that, you know, tomorrow, or we can fix that during this week. That's going to be a problem that I think Arizona is going to have every single week. And I think G rod hit the nail on the head. This is going to be an issue that Arizona is going to have all season. And you're going to find out really quickly. This is just a guess, but you're going to find out really quickly what kind of corners Arizona has, because I think at this stage in the game, and we're going to get to the offense a ton, but I think you know that, you know what, if you just go with your normal 4-2 personnel, your normal 4-3 personnel, you're probably going to get beat up quite a bit just being people gashing you. I think they're going to have to throw a lot more people in the box, and from there, we're going to see how good the corners are. Yeah, it's because this hasn't worked. Uh, and and G-Rod and the other folks who have re- recognized the obvious here are – 
are right. Uh, the only stops defensively that Arizona had in the last two games to speak of are when teams decided to try to run clock maybe earlier than they should have and been a little bit more conservative. Uh, right. Then when Arizona knows they're absolutely going to run and there's no real threat for the pass, then they can sell out and maybe make a play or two and give themselves an opportunity to get off the field, or they force turnovers. And this is something we talked about in last week's post game as well. If your defense relies only on turning the ball yes. over, yes. Yes. You're, the the long-term reality of that is that you're in trouble against good football teams. Uh, Alabama, a- LSU, those schools, when they're at their peak, they rely on stopping you, not forcing turnovers That's is right. what you're getting at. That's exactly right. And, right. Uh, you, you know, what you're looking at is in Arizona. It, it, it's a great skill set to have, and it can change momentum, and it's going to be something that this Arizona team has to rely on. But it's not going to be there all the time. And right. Cal showed that today. And other teams this season are going to show that to, uh, as well. And when they do, Arizona's probably going to be in uh, for some long afternoons and evenings on the defensive end of the ball. Yeah, and see, here's the thing. We're going to talk a lot about the offense because I think the offense is getting a lot of uh, – um, I think the offense is getting a lot. By the way, NPOB seems to uh, – uh, who thought that it – no, okay, cool. <laughs> I thought NPOB was giving me a hard time. He's not actually giving me a hard How time. How dare he? Dude, NPOB – step back. Um, but there's a couple different, there's a couple different things here, especially on the defensive side. Can you really, and I think back to the stoops or the, the rich rod year when Arizona was really good on the defensive side of the ball, as far as forcing turnovers, the Scooby Wright thing. I don't know that that's sustainable. And maybe I felt into the, maybe I fell into the trap to thinking, well, you know, you can do that. You can, that can be sustainable. I don't really know that it is. And I think that Cal kind of, Cal pretty much forced that issue at this point. This, this is one isn't of those sustainable. Hey, you know, a, a turnover thing uh, for the defense, and we may have some games this year where Arizona forces four or five turnovers and right. wins a game against a team it shouldn't as a result of that. Right. It's the type of thing where if you bring better talent into the fold, maybe that's the difference between winning six and winning eight. For Arizona this year, maybe it's the difference between three and five right now. Uh, but so so it could happen. It's it's a great thing to have. It's a great thing to do, but you'd better be more fundamentally skilled and you'd better have better talent because that's going to work play to play to play, possession to possession to possession, quarter to quarter to quarter, game to game to game, than relying on turnovers is. And if Arizona is only relying on turnovers, then you know they're going to be a a mediocre to not very good defensive team that just needs to get better talent on that side of the ball. All right. A couple things. First of all, tap and bottle. John Schuster did not show up to tap and bottle, but John Schuster is my best friend. So John Schuster gets a free pass. John Schuster could never show up to tap and bottle and he would still be my best friend. That's how much I like John Schuster, but you should show up there though. We had a great, great turnout today. William Brad Alice showed up our guy, Nate Rady, Bunch of different people showed up. Kobe Thiel showed up. Um, big, uh, big thanks to everybody. Great Four Peaks specials on tap. Um, my parents, uh, my parents showed up. They gave me a ride home. Appreciate you, mom. Appreciate you, dad. I know that they're watching this right now. Um, but again, it was a great setup. And on top of that, got to tell you a little bit about game time. Are you like me and John Schuster, where you think, you know what, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator, and I always, I never really get the tickets that I want, and. 
that's where you get into tap and bottle right here. G-Rod, you're a beast, dude. You, you and your lovely wife, thank you for showing up. Um, here's the deal. So Game Time is the hottest new ticketing app for concerts, for games, for pretty much anything. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you, uh, um, when you go on there. Again, it's great for you procrastinators out there. If you love PHNX and you love Game Time, the best way to support us is by support uh, buying your tickets through the link on the description. Check it out, Game Time app. All right. One thing, though, that I do want to go <laughs> – this this is this is kind of funny with someone at tap and bottle who is not a top about not to my knowledge. Um, couple different things right now. Offensively, though, I'm going to back the A. I'm going to stick up for the offense right here. I don't have any problems with Jaden Delora. Um, I've heard people saying that, you know, uh, Delora doesn't take the easy pass. John Schuster, you're definitely right on that. We're going to get to that in just a second. But overall, if I watch Jaden Delora out there from the way that he can move, the way that he can throw the ball. I believe that Arizona can win a lot of football games with him. Is he perfect? No. Is he Joe Montana? No. But is he good enough to win a lot of football games? Yes. And I think he's got – and I think there's reason to – there's clearly reason to believe that he can get better. We're still very extraordinarily early in the Delora era, the Delora tenure at Arizona. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, if, if he can t- if he can recognize what's in front of him on a more consistent basis and not necessarily panic – uh, which is a curse of inexperience, uh, then improvement is there. He, You can't teach the arm. He's got the arm. He can make the throws. I think he sees the field very well. He can scramble. Those are all very good things. Uh, there are obviously things that he needs to shore up. I think the folks who are concerned that he looks only for deep balls are right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with but, that. I think that's but, fair. Yeah, what happens here to some degree is – uh, Arizona becomes a very rhythm offense. In the first half, the rhythm was good, and Delora looked like one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. In the second half, when the rhythm wasn't there, uh, uh, it, it was California that got the better end of it, and it looked like Delora forced things, believing in his. He kind of went into uh, he kind of went into Brett Favre mode. I know exactly uh, Brett Favre it's... between the lines mode. It's like I can make every pass, and every pass is going to be a touchdown. There was a guy, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned that. um, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, in front of you, the gist is, Mike, and then I'll let you pick that up, um, that when you have your check down routes and you gain positive yardage as a result of that, it opens up the field a little bit and you can be more effective on the deep pass. It doesn't necessarily work the other way around. Uh, and, and I think at this stage, that's something where Arizona is a little bit more comfortable. I like, generally speaking, the play calling. I like their misdirection. I like a lot of, they, they in the first half threw a lot of nifty wrinkles that were clearly very effective. And I think those are things that the person, the personnel's clearly better. Delora needs to learn some things. Again, the folks who are complaining are right to be frustrated about what he was. I'm sure the coaching staff is kind of pissed about, you know, some of that as well. Again, recognizing that there's some long-term components to this, and uh, and there's an anticipation that Delora is going to be a better product uh, most of the time. I think there, if you can get two good Delora games, and then then you get one frustrating Delora game, take, and then it becomes three to one. As this moves along, that's kind of I think what you're looking for. Today right. was kind of a you know Brad loves to use this term. Our, our pal Brad Alice, you call him Mahomes being Super. Mahomes. Yes, uh, yes. Not only is Mahomes Mahomes, which is one of the things that uh, Brad nails it when he <laughs> when he comes up with that stuff. Uh, but Brad loves to use the phrase a term uh, a tale of two halves. 
And for Delora tonight, that was the case. In the first half, he was very good. In the second half, he wasn't. I mean, it really comes down to this. Here's what I'm going to say. If Arizona fans out there, I know a lot of people are upset, and G-Rod, you hit the nail on the head. We're just scratching the surface with uh, JDL. It's a system. Uh, Give him another year in the pro style. He was good in the air raid. Totally get that. Here's what I'm telling. Great point. Here's what I'm telling people, though. I never felt until about four minutes left that Arizona was out of this game. Like they, they, there was no chance that they could win this game last year. At this point, I would have thought that Arizona would have been out of this game. The second they were down two touchdowns. So if, if again, I'm not looking to be an apologizer, but if you want to look at it from that perspective, that's what I would say is that Arizona can, Arizona can stay in games. Again, they've still have massive faux pas, but shoot again, it was a team that won one game last year. So, well, and that's I, the difference. Arizona had zero margin for error last year. They have, and and even if they played perfect football games, probably w- weren't going to win. They just didn't have the talent. This year, they have almost no margin for error. And we, we, we saw this the last two weeks. Um, against North Dakota State, Arizona committed no penalties. Uh, one penalty, I believe. Uh, turn, limited turnovers. Today, I think they had three turnovers and eight penalties for somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 yards. If Arizona makes mistakes like that, they're not going to win games against teams of Cal's caliber. And the reality is that most of their schedule outside of Colorado this week, from this point on, ASU accepted, uh, is uh, ha- is Cal caliber or or more than likely better right. from a talent standpoint. No doubt. So if Arizona presses and makes mistakes and makes things worse, they're going to lose football games. But they're competitive enough to get a W here and there because the talent has improved as much as it has. Now, does that mean, you know, and, and there, there, there was another thread here, your pal, uh, Mr. Thiel. Um, Mr. Said, Thiel, a great man, a smart man. A great and Many smart. people are talking about him. He said he, did I sound like right there? he said he was pissed today, and he's right. And, the, and, and not, well, I mean, he knows he's right because he's the one who said, said he was pissed, it's but he's right to be pissed. Yes. Um, and, 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 and the reason is this is a game Arizona needed to have if they wanted to jumpstart this thing a little bit quicker than we had hoped uh, because they're going to get a W next week. If they win today, they're four and one. Then you look at a seven-game gauntlet that's ugly. They would be underdogs. They will be underdogs in every game on the schedule up until ASU. No, they're not going to be an underdog against Colorado. I guarantee no, no, no. you that. Colorado, Colorado, they're going to win. Colorado makes them four and one. Once you get three and two, Colorado, um, you're you're sidetracked a little bit here. Um, this is why the Cal game was so important to win. Is my point. If they win the Cal game, then they're at four and one, and now. You're you have an opportunity to pluck some W's there that can maybe even make you bowl eligible. Now you're three and two going into those matchups, and and can you beat ASU? Yeah, but now you've got to steal a couple to get to where you wanted to be to get ahead of it, and that's a lot more difficult based on where Arizona's talent level ultimately is. So we may look at back at this Cal game and be frustrated. This is the first game on the schedule that you felt like Arizona had an opportunity to win and maybe the personnel to get a W and they weren't able to get it done. One thing that I think that we do need to look at, though, and this is a great point right here. Um, by the way, uh, David Matola, great question. Lewis Holmes is the biggest bust in U of A history. If you just go by hype, if you go by what everybody was expecting, I thought he was going to be LeVar Arrington. I mean, 
You know, obviously it wasn't LeVar Arrington. He was closer to Mike Luke than LeVar Arrington, which is, which is a problem. But the one thing that I have found out uh, that I have noticed though, and I think Schuster, again, Schuster's looking at this from more of a laid back perspective, which I really appreciate about all of this is that outside of Christian Roland Wallace, the other cornerbacks on this team are not great. You're generally going to see teams that are going to kind of beat them up. You're generally going to see Rutherford that's going to get picked on a lot. You're going to see some of the freshmen get picked on a lot. Um, My question is this, though. If you have one good corner, and I can't really think of an example like this, but if you have one good corner and you don't have somebody else on the uh, other side and you already have a defense that is getting gashed on the ground, where where do you transfer help to, Shu? Yeah, that's uh, you're you're taking your chances, I think. Yeah. And uh, uh, the the way that you're taking your chances is that you're going to leave people on islands, and you're going to have a lot of single coverage out there, and you're hoping that you can put more people in position with more blitzes to try to cause consternation. Uh, so it's kind of like, how do you want to get, how do you want to get cut? Do you want to get cut with a samurai sword, or do you want to get, uh, do you want to suffer a bunch of paper cuts? Uh, Arizona prob- may need to look seriously at the samurai sword model, and I like it, and blitz a heck of a lot more uh, than it has, and try to be creative in that regard to see if they can force teams behind the chains. Because if Arizona goes into something that's, and in the first half they they had some success with that, and and they kind of pick and choose um, their times <laughs> to sure. do it. The the there are a couple issues with that. Uh, one issue, obviously, is that you leave guys in single coverage and you can give up big plays and big scores. And that's a momentum concern. The other is that as the game progresses, uh, maybe your offense isn't able to keep up or maybe there's a conditioning issue that, you know, works its way uh, down the path and so forth. And and so you get into you get into some situations where you're trying to invent ways to make things a little bit more difficult on the opposition. No but if you go to the opposition straight up based on what Arizona's talent has and what we've seen with Arizona's skill set, especially in the trenches over the course of the last two weeks, you know there's going to be a problem more often than not. North Dakota State put up a lot of yardage, and we right. wrote it off to North Dakota State being a team that runs the football very well, which is true. And their style and their execution is exceptional, which is true. Cal put up 300 yards on the ground tonight. Cal is not the best team. And, and see that. And see, that's the problem, especially too, when we're going into this game and you're like, all right, they have a weak offensive line. That's one of their biggest problems. And it was pretty much from the first, the first or second play on shoe where Jaden Ott is running for about 85 yards. And right. granted he didn't run for 85 yards anymore, but he was getting eight to 12 to 13. And uh, G rod, I think hits the nail on the head. Tackling was an issue as well. We're trying too hard to strip the ball in almost every play. And that's kind of where it happens when you're kind of outmatched to a certain extent is that. Well, yeah. You're trying to figure you out what start it is. Doing, yeah. You, you, you try, you, know? you leave your fundamentals when, especially when you're getting run on. Uh, and, and then you're trying to, you know, balance the strip stripping of the football and getting the turnover versus, you know, fundamental tackling Arizona, I thought was okay. Uh, from a tackling standpoint against SD, uh, NDSU last week, and they were abysmal today. And, and, and it's frustrating because you hope that your defense is, you know, a little bit better week to week. You'd like to see better performances than that, but it appears that this is an Arizona team, not for lack of trying, just that that's the way that it is in year two of a massive rebuild. Uh, that Arizona is a team that's going to look a lot like some Rich Rod teams, that they'd better score 50 
to stay in games. And if they don't, uh, you're going to get some quote unquote entertaining football, uh, but you're going to lose a lot of games by 20. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about a defense that needs to make some major steps. All right, Schuster, if I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook Act, Coburg it's been Beacon. a little while. Uh, the last time I heard, I heard the DraftKings was a pretty highly regarded app, but I haven't heard it from you in at least 12 to 15 minutes. All right, here's the deal. Tell me the deal. All right, you put you put down five bucks on any NFL game, and you get two hundred dollars in free bets if they win. It's that simple. It's that easy. And if that's not enough, and I'm reading this from the script because I almost have to look at this just to make sure because it sounds too good to be true. All right, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings for with DraftKings stepped up game day parlays right now for every leg. You and you can bet and you can boost your winnings by 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? It's that simple. It's that easy. To make things e- easier, you can throw down a stepped-up same-game parlay all game, all season long. It's that simple. Again, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. That's code word PHNX on DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show uh, notes for details. Okay. Now, I do want to uh, I do want to ask you a little bit about this, and I got to write down that timestamp right there. Hold on just a second. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Uh, I'm producing the show today. Jacob Franklin. Job. Jacob Franklin, who is much taller than me, much cooler mm. than me, is actually right. down in the 520 as we speak right now. Really? All right, Schuster, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Watching Arizona football right now, how many wins do they feel like? Just from an outsider perspective, how many wins do they feel like? Well, after today, they feel a lot like a lot closer to three to four. Uh, I think you've been. Well, they're definitely about- three because they're going to win next week. Right, right. Okay. And then who else are they going to beat? I mean, you look at it, and here's where I'm going to back the A here a little bit. And notice over my left shoulder, back in the A, um, UCLA has looked like crap all season. Um, okay. Washington State, um, I know they got the big win against Wisconsin. I still feel that's a winnable game. They were um, extraordinarily competitive today and should have beaten Oregon. Correct. Well, in the last are, four minutes. That are was we a legitimate sure, win. Now, let me ask you this. Are we sure that Oregon's good? Yeah, I think so. I think Oregon's pretty good. Okay. I think Oregon's better than Arizona. I mean, here's, right. here, here, here's the thing. So you're going five wins. Are you going five wins? If I, I, don't, gun- I doubt it. I, I'm, I, after losing you the count today – Five becomes a lot tougher to achieve. It's you think you, so. You think they're four wins? I think they're probably closer to a four-win team. Yeah. Okay. Fair and enough. that's fair and, and that because and, and maybe I'm undervaluing Cal uh, because Cal is what now three and one. And Cal, will, I'll be honest with you. I hate to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt you, but Cal was better than I thought they were. Yeah. Okay. And maybe I thought are. that Cal had some pretty good talent for sure. I think. I think the thing about this conference is that if you if you try to you know, place a little hierarchy on what you're seeing here. We know that Utah's good. We know USC's good. We're pretty sure Oregon's good. We think Washington's good. Uh, Washington State looks legit. Uh, you know, that's you. That's five. Uh, Cal beat you today. And that's, and, and, you know, then you got UCLA, who's in that mix as well, and somehow still wins games, dominated Colorado today. Even if they've looked like crap before that, they've dominated Colorado. Maybe that says a hell of a lot more about Colorado than it does UCLA. That's possibly true. Uh, on the lower end of the spectrum, you've got ASU, Stanford, 
uh, Colorado and Arizona. You've got two of those on the schedule. You don't get a chance to see what Stanford is. Uh, so you're looking at um, ham, probably hammering Colorado next week. I, mm-hmm. I think Arizona, Arizona's offense is good enough to put up a lot of points against Colorado. So they'll Colorado. be three and two after that game. Yeah, I think they'll be three. And, if they're not, they're, this is this got out of hand a lot quicker than I and thought. I, and I told people that there. I said, if Arizona doesn't beat Colorado, then we're not as far along as we thought we were. I think that's right. Uh, and, and, and ASU's a mess right now. So those are two games that I look at and say Colorado's, you know, nothing's a gimme, but Arizona should beat Colorado. And Arizona's got a legitimate chance to knock off ASU. Uh, But then you've got a seven-game stretch in the middle there where there will be a legitimate underdog in all of those games. Now, can you pick off one? The difference with Arizona this year versus what Colorado is this year and what Arizona was last year. Is that if you look at the if you look at the seven game gauntlet post Colorado coming up, there's nothing. They're all good football teams. They all have better talent than you are. Last year, you have no chance to win those games. This year, you got a puncher's chance. You got you you've got good personnel on the offensive end. You make a couple plays happen here and there. You can get a W here and there. This is why I think the Cal game was so significant. Uh, because it got Arizona closer to a number that we felt good about. Now this one kind of makes it a little bit more difficult for Arizona to string together uh, what it needs to, to try to overachieve once we get to the end of the year. And see, that's what I think that's, what's frustrating for Arizona fans is that you were hoping that this would be the game that, because if Arizona wins this game, it becomes pretty interesting, man, as far as the bowl game goes, but you're at four and one. And then and, and trying to with ASU on the schedule. So then you're trying to pick off something along the way. And in this conference, can you do it? What right. what Arizona has become, which is great, uh, they they have gone from being a disaster to being a competitive team that probably isn't far <laughs> enough along to get you you know to get the consistent Ws. Right. But they're not. What did you call it? I think uh, you had a. They're they're not a an informal bye week or something like that. But they're, they're a bye week again. I, they, See, they are, they're, so, a get, they're a get healthy week. Yeah. So, so, so Arizona can, that's what they were last. They, they were a bye week last year. This year, they're going to, you can't just show up to beat Arizona this year. So right. that's, that, that's a much better improvement. And as a result of that, in a conference where there's a lot of pretty good, okay, can be, you know, okay. And improved can be pretty good. Uh, right. You know, not consistently, you know, we've seen Arizona pull off some significant upsets that are a lot more one-sided. Uh, so it's certainly possible in this conference that Arizona can pick one or two off. But losing to Cal today makes getting where we wanted them to get or hoped that they could get in year two, uh, I think, significantly more difficult than had they been able to get the W here, won at Colorado or, or won against Colorado, and you're staring at four and one. With right, I do believe. I do believe that Coconati right here is an ASU fan. You're speaking for yourself, two and ten. I don't see ASU really winning any more games. So again, have fun with that dumpster fire down there. I'm going with Sean Seeley right here. I'm going five wins. I'm back in the A to five wins. I think that uh, Arizona beats Cal. I think that they beat. Uh, well, they can't uh, beat Cal. They beat Colorado. I know what you mean. Yeah, and I think they beat ASU, um, and I think there's a win to be had in there. I don't think that these schools are that good that are in the conference right here. Kobe KB Thiel is a total beast, and he says we're going undefeated from here on out. (laughs) That that is the ultimate backing the A right there. That's a hell of a Um, shot. All right, but here 
here's all I'm going to say, shoot. Let me ask, let me just ask you this from a, uh, you know, just a detached perspective right now. Um, Coke. All right. I will bet you whatever you want. Coconati that Arizona wins more than two games. Now we'll see if you, uh, we'll see if you oblige. I don't see that happening, but Schuster, is this team better, worse than you thought that they would be coming into the year? Uh, better. Uh, they're much more progressive. They're, they're, they're much, they've progressed a lot more on offense than I anticipated. And again, I like the style that they're ultimately playing. I, I understand the folks out there frustrated with the starting quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of inexperience there. And he has, there, there, there are a lot of tools there. And I think he's, there's reason to believe he can be a lot better. That's, that's definitely a good thing. Defensively, they're going to have to be a lot more creative. Their woes on the line were exposed today. And they're, and unless they do something schematically dramatic, uh, they're going to be exposed week in and week out. Uh, there, there's now plenty of video out there, two consecutive weeks, that shows every coach in the conference how to play Arizona on that side of the ball. And one of the things you have to tell your kids is, just take care of the ball. You take care of the ball, you're going to move it up and down the field. You're going to score your share of points and do what you want to on the offensive end. Uh, so which makes it perhaps a little bit more difficult for Arizona to force turnovers uh, if the other team is, is aware that that's all you have. Uh, so in the offseason, and obviously we're looking ahead, there are still a lot of games ahead of us here. Uh, in the offseason, it is clear that Arizona's recruiting priority is frankly the same recruiting priority as everybody else in college football. Shore up your defensive line. And they have a long way to go, and we'll see how effective they ultimately are in making that happen. All right. So, all right. Again, it was a little bit of a tough uh, – the offense does – is it fair to say the offense feels light years ahead, John Schuster? Absolutely. I, I, right. I, I don't – yes, yes. The offense is good I, I, and can score. The offense, I think, is going to be effective against many of the teams that it sees this year. The question is, can it be a, can it get enough stops and make enough things happen on the defensive end – to give themselves opportunities for the W's that they hope they can, we hope they can achieve. All right. Sean Seeley, a very wise man said USC and Utah losses for sure. Every other team is fair game. There has to be an upset somewhere. John Schuster, you have been covering games since the pop McHale era. And the first thing that you always told me is that there's always an upset somewhere. Arizona will upset somebody at some point. Is this I fair? Think that's a very real possibility. Uh, I, I, again, in this league, you know, and I don't even and and frankly, we just assume that USC and Utah are, you know, because they're better football teams. Could Arizona and you know Arizona played Utah reasonably well last year, right. uh, you know? So you go through some. It's a long season. Teams, uh, you know, have bad weeks, and that helps. If you catch Arizona and you have a bad week, Arizona can win that football game. So is there an upset on the schedule? Very possibly. Are there multiple upsets on that schedule? And keep in mind, Arizona's an upset outside of Colorado and possibly outside of ASU. Arizona's an upset in every game it plays the rest of the season. So does Arizona have two upsets or three upsets in it? Probably not. Right. But is there a quote-unquote upset somewhere? Yeah, I can certainly see that happening. All right, Fernando Parra, great. Fernando Parra, great poster. Most of the stuff we're worried about with the offense is correctable and comes with coaching. Fish has given me confidence that they'll uh, grow from the offensive side of the ball. Totally agree with that. I don't really have any problems with the offensive side. Again, 
Um, and Schuster mentioned this, you know, when you're watching it on TV and you're not working a crowd, you're like, all right, there's an easy, and that didn't mean, I didn't mean that as a flex. I, oh, I, I know. Oh, you did. You did that. So you humble bragged that so beautifully. Yeah. You know, you did no. a little of this. It was very, pre- yeah. You know, do you realize how douchey that when, just sounded when you're, too? When you're, when you're working a crowd, like the uh, big time professional that I am, I, I thought, yeah, that, that, that was well done. You had a I sounded incredibly douchey right there. And uh, I did not. You I did not mean it to be incredibly big time to this room. That was very well done. I do apologize, but I, I have no problems with the offense. The offense. <laughs> I have no offense. problem with you working a room. I have a problem with how it sounded, but, um, <laughs> but Fernando Parra totally agree. The defense, we're going to have to, you're going to have to figure some things out. I'm curious to see what they have to say at the uh, presser, by the way, Four peaks brewery, the official brew of, uh, PHNX sports, check it out again. This is where you go for the sun devil watch parties. Um, all kinds of good stuff Four peaks brewery, check the notes in the description, but that's the place that you want to be. Uh, Augustine Munoz, a great name, by the way, I love that name. Fantastic name. Tanner McLaughlin, all these people that are saying we'll never see the tight end again, Mike, uh, you know, the days of Brandon Manamuliana, the days of Rob Gronkowski when he was injured, those days are gone. We'll never see another. Tanner McLaughlin is an absolute problem for opposing defense issue. And I think the problem from an Arizona fan perspective is that he doesn't get used more because right. he is an excellent safety valve for Delora when other stuff isn't open. And Arizona can become an effective team if it there's there's a lot of recognition here. And again, a lot of folks uh, who are commenting have rightfully touched on this. Uh, sometimes four yards is better than nothing or losing 10 or, and it's certainly better than throwing an interception with a 60 yard pass. So, you know, guys like that can play a significant role uh, in making things more difficult for the opposition to stop you. All right, you again, everybody out there. Thanks for tuning in. This was a little bit disappointing. Coconati, Arizona will win more than two games. Hey, I guarantee uh, Nick it. Howard, ask Coconati. He knows the answer to that. Yeah, they, that's the way that it is right here. But Shu, as always, appreciate you. Um, everybody out there, Arizona will win next week. I guarantee it. And if Arizona doesn't, then, well, we're in worse spots than we think. By the way, John Schuster, what do you yes, think sir. about this? Oh, man. Oh, man. That is that. Wow. Wow. That's you back in the A to 1989. To, 19, to, to a previous millennia. That's be- <laughs> that is beautiful work right there. Man, right. you were breaking out some classics. Nicely done. Everybody out there. Now, that's let's go takes, root. That's what it takes to work a room. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to never live that one down. But I will say this. Let's go root for Utah right now. Not all is lost this weekend. We can go root for Utah. We'll be back with you on Monday. Again, for John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Everybody out there that, first of all, that came to Tap and Bottle, sincerest congratulations, and or sincerest thank yous. <laughs> and um, everybody out there, again, really appreciate you all. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Oh.